0: Welcome to episode number 38 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series entitled Finances Need Prayer and Faith. My podcasts are based upon the premise of Quality Christian Living. What that means is God wants us to live an overcoming life, a life filled with abundance and joy and happiness and peace, a life that understands the importance of having prayer and faith. To live a quality life means to live a life filled with God's love. A life that relies upon the Lord for provision. It means that God wants us to live above the trials and challenges that we face every day. Yes, we will have challenges. But as we go through these podcasts, my goal is to teach everyone listening in to understand how and why we need to live a quality Christian life. Today's episode has to do with our finances. Matter of fact, this series is quite involved in our finances, and today's message will be focusing on how to have spiritual and financial success. Now, I taught on this topic several months ago, and it's one that's so important. As a matter of fact, it was one of the most popular episodes that I've issued and i thought i should go back and expand it some and matter of fact we'll probably have more and more messages on understanding the importance of spiritual prosperity needs to precede financial prosperity you know one of the dangers of seeking financial issues is to have only financial issues as our primary goal in life I was a banker for many, many years, and during that time, I met a number of people who were always wrapped up in their finances. They were wondering if they were richer than the next guy or their competitors in business, whether they were more successful than them. And it caused a lot of problems, a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties in the lives of these individuals because their focus was not on living a quality life, but their focus was on living a life filled with greed and trying to beat out the other guy. That always bothered me and I always felt that someone needs to talk about it. So I guess sometimes when we say someone needs to talk about it, I think the Lord is talking to us. So I guess I need to be that someone. There are so many people in business today with their desire just to become filthy rich, just so wealthy that they lead themselves into all kinds of challenges and problems. Many of them become alcoholics, or their marriages fall apart, or their children leave them and don't want anything to do with them anymore. And then there's additional people who have significant health issues and seem to always be faced with a new physical challenge of some time or another. Well, all of that is a violation of God's plan for our life. All of that has to do with putting money above God. The Bible warns us that the love of money is the root of all forms of evil. Now, it doesn't mean that money is evil. What it's saying is the love of money. And when it says the love of money, it's basically referring to thinking that money is more important than a relationship with God. There's a lot of folks I know over the years who have stayed away from church, stayed away from being a part of any particular local congregation because they don't want to be drawn away from their focus and their desire to be extremely wealthy. It's important that I add to that that many people who are Christians also struggle with the challenges of financial gain. They allow their desire to become wealthy or at least significantly blessed financially that they disregard their commitment to the work of the Lord or their responsibility as the husband or the father of their children. And it can happen to both Christians and non-believers alike. So I guess the key to that is understanding as believers we have the opportunity to go to the Word of God and seek out help, seek direction. We have the opportunity to pray. We have the opportunity to have faith to believe and I really think, with all my heart, I think it would be so wonderful if every person out there listening would have some time every single day to say, maybe it's a 30-second prayer or a 60-second prayer, or would get the Word of God out and read maybe just a verse here or a verse there. Let me give you an example of it, how we should read the Word of God when we're trying to get spiritual and financial success. We can start with the New Living Translation of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he, he will give you everything you need. Now, what else is needed in there? Bottom line, it's talking about spiritual prosperity. It's talking about financial prosperity. So, first of all, we've got to put God first. The goal to all of us in our finances and our dealing with decisions that we have to make is to put God first and rely upon Him to give us all the direction and all the guidance and all the wisdom that we need. And that wisdom has been provided for us in His Word. So I'm going to take the New Living Translation, Proverbs chapter 3, and read a few verses. Once again, this is the New Living Translation of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5, 6, and 7. Now as I read these, think about how you can apply them to your life. Previously on this episode, I mentioned I needed to show you how we should read the scriptures and how we apply it to our own life. So try and apply that and just claim this for you. This is written directly to you for your edification, for your blessing, for the promises God has for you. So verse number five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I think the best word in there is depend. Depend. Which means, where do we place our dependence? If we want to grow spiritually, we need to place our dependence upon the Lord and not a dependence upon our understanding, our own knowledge, our own teaching. Yes, those are good things. I believe in our own knowledge. I believe that we need to use the experiences that we have to be able to draw closer to God, but also to make good financial decisions. That's vital. But on the other hand, we need to trust in the Lord, it says, with all of our hearts. So everything that we are, every part of us needs to rely upon the Lord. When we do that and we depend upon Him, we are starting the path to growing spiritually that will bless us financially. Verse number six, seek His will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Well, here we go. Seek his will is a spiritual commitment, a spiritual growth that we all need to have. Not my will, but thy will be done, Jesus said. And that we need to say that ourselves, but not my will. Not God, I don't want what I want. You know, when I was in business for many, many years, there were times, and I have to admit it, that I saw a project or a business opportunity. I looked at it, and I prayed a little bit about it, and talked to my wife maybe a little bit about it, but I just decided, well, I know how to do that. That's a no-brainer, and you know how I feel about that. A no-brainer simply means that. You're not using your brains. But I would just rush into it. I'd knock down the door if I had to. I would push things over if I had to. I was going to do what I wanted to do. And every time I've done that, it's caused a problem. I can think of one particular case where I wanted to build a home in a very fancy North Scottsdale subdivision. The lot was okay. It was was just okay. It didn't meet all my requirements. I always had a list of 10 things I had to see happen before I would do a project. Well, I violated about three or four of those 10 things. One thing I violated was that never build a home in Arizona with a west-facing backyard. It's just too hot in the summertime and you can't enjoy your yard. The other thing that we've, and that lot had that west backyard. The second thing I violated was it was right next to the entry gate to the house and to the subdivision, I mean. And when you did that, when you violated some of those rules and guidelines that you had, you were probably destined for a problem. But I did it anyways. Well, that house we built, we put it up, we put it on the market for sale, and it didn't sell. One year went by. Two years went by, so then we had to rent the house, and we did that for three years. Then we had to move back into the house. It still wouldn't sell, and we had that home for five years, almost six years, trying to sell it and was never able to do that until the market was basically flat and terrible and dead and the market was so bad that all that effort and all that work we put into it we really didn't gain anything whatsoever. We basically broke even on the house made no profit whatsoever and had to move in and out of the house just because we violated this scripture that says seek his will and all you do. I didn't do that and he will show you which path to take. I believe had I sought God more then that he would have told me don't do that. Don't go after that project. Move on to something else. Then verse seven here says in Proverbs chapter three, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Well, there's another great scripture, another passage that hits you right in the face and that is don't be impressed with your own wisdom in that project i just described you i figure i knew all the answers i thought it was a no-brainer i thought it would be a slam dunk all those terms that really don't have anything to do with relying upon the lord and we suffered for it we were challenged by it and it was something of course there's something good about everything that happens in your life all things work together for good for those who love the lord and called according to his purpose so if i look back on that house. I remember so many times thinking, why did I do this? What's going on with this? I don't want to ever do this again. And I look back on it and we've never violated those rules, not since, and we will not in the future. And we learn from it. We need to learn from our past experiences and not think that, well, I can just do whatever I do want to do whenever I want to do it. And somehow, some way it'll be blessed. So if we'll look to the word of God, we'll get instruction so we can get spiritual direction for spiritual success. And that will lead to financial direction and financial success. I want to look at one more verse in Proverbs chapter 3 found in verse number 9. So let me read it to you right now. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. There's a couple of very important items at stake here in that verse. When we want to be blessed spiritually and then be blessed financially It'll never happen unless we honor the Lord with what we have. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from heaven. Well, if we believe that, and I do believe that, then everything that we have, the finances that we have, the home that we live in, all those things that are a blessing to us came from God. And I want to give him credit and glory and honor for it. The scripture tells us, honor the Lord with your wealth. He wants us to do that because he wants us to grow spiritually before We attempt to grow financially. It says then after that, and with the best part of everything you produce. So how do we give back to God? The best part of everything we produce. I think what that's applying to is put God first. That's why I feel so strongly when we make an income or we earn something or make a profit on a project or something we're working on, get a good commission check or something, that God should be first. We should honor Him with our wealth and and with the best part of everything you produce. The best part, I believe, is always the first part. So if we want to grow spiritually in order to grow financially, we need to be sure that we honor God with everything that comes into our bank account, into our lives financially. So why should we then avoid giving God one tenth, or what we call tithe, of our income? I'm a big believer in giving a tenth of what I make to the Lord. I give it to Him first, take it right off the top. If you looked at my budget, you would see at the very beginning of my list of expenses, what I'm going to spend my money on that month, that the tithe is the very first item. That is honoring God. That's putting God first in my finances. Now, if you're angry with me because you don't believe in tithing, you don't think it's New Testament, you don't think it's a part of our financial plan, then you can go ahead and just move on with that and try and be blessed in your finances any way that you can do it. But God promises me that if I put him first and don't take it away from him, then he will bless us. If we make him a priority in our finances, we get his attention. Just think about the benefits of giving first to the Lord. As we give first to the Lord, we're going to be required to do an evaluation of the rest of our spending. We've got to decide how to make good decisions in the money that we spend, what our expenditures should be, where we can cut back, where we don't have to spend as much, areas where we can save money. All those things will benefit from because giving God first, making Him or honoring Him with our finances or our wealth, requires us then to be a better steward or a better manager of what. God has provided for us. So there's a lesson in this that we need to to learn and that is that God wants us to put him first right up the very top when it comes to making financial decisions. When we do that, we have spiritual growth. We will have spiritual growth when we do that. And then we line up to receive the financial blessings of the Lord. If you are not putting God first in your finances, then I request or suggest that you try it. Just try it for a month and see if you won't be blessed by it. I know you'll be a better manager of your finances. And I know that God's word never fails us. It's always the truth. And so this is the one thing that God tells us to test him on. That when we give to him, test him, try him, and see if he won't pour out a blessing that we can't contain. So with that, I know you'll be blessed. And I know that it'll be the first step in your spiritual life advancement towards financial advancement. I believe God's excited right now to hear this teaching and I believe you will be too if you apply it to your life, into your family and whatever you do, put God first and honor him. I just replayed a little bit of what I wrote there, what I read from my notes and I guess there's one thing I'd like to add to it and that is I don't want financial blessings unless I have spiritual blessings first that's how strong i feel and the way reason i say that is because so many people get blessed financially and they're not strong spiritually. They don't have a, a foundation. They've not built their foundation on the Word of God and their finances. So they have nothing to stand on. So all of a sudden here comes this rush of finances in their life. It's like a giant wave at the beach and all of a sudden this this wave comes in and washes away what you're standing on and down you go and you crash. And that's what happens to a lot of folks if they don't have a good strong spiritual foundation for their finances. So, once again, I I believe this with all my heart. I do not want a financial blessing without having a foundation of spiritual blessing in my life. I'll make better decisions. I'll make wiser decisions. I'll get the wisdom from the Lord. And I'll gain wisdom and guidance when I've grown spiritually. Then I'm ready to receive financial abundance from our God. You know, when you use the word wisdom... I think it's misused a lot of times because for believers, wisdom comes from God because God has all knowledge. God has no limits when it comes to understanding everything. People think, well, you know, God's old-fashioned. He's not up to date with finances. He doesn't understand all the tax benefits and whatever. Well, you're wrong there. Whatever knowledge that's on earth, God has more than that. And, And he has the wisdom that we desire, that we need. So, Where can we learn about this wisdom? Some of you are probably asking that question right now. Please teach me. Tell us. Where can we get that wisdom? Well, I'm really glad that you asked that because it just so happens that in Proverbs chapter 3, there are a few verses dealing with wisdom. So I want to read them to you. And that wisdom is spiritual wisdom. Let's read about it. Joyful, that's verse 13. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. Verse 14, for wisdom is more profitable than silver and her wages are better than gold. Verse 15, wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. And then it jumps down to verse 18 and it says, wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. You know, there's a lot of folks that may have a lot of money. Now, I know it's a small percentage of people, they say in the United States, they're really super wealthy people, it represents only about 1% or even less than 1% of the population. But there's a lot of folks who are becoming millionaires today. Some of it is because housing is going up, the value of homes are going up. As people get older, they keep paying on their mortgage, keep paying their house down and one day they wake up and they've got a home worth 200 or 400 or 500 or million dollars and it's paid for. That's financial success and it came about through steady plotting as the Bible says brings prosperity. But I find some people who have money lack wisdom. Just because you have wealth doesn't mean that you're wise. We have a tendency to run to these people in our society today who are very rich, very wealthy. I think of the movie stars that gain their wealth after they have a successful movie or they have a a great success as a celebrity and everybody's paying them a lot of money just to be able to hear what they have to say. Then all of a sudden these people will speak up like they've got wisdom about something. Well, they may be wise when it comes to knowing how to act or maybe knowing how to get an opportunity to know how to act. But in reality, just because they're wealthy does not give them an instant card that says, I am a person of wisdom. God withholds wisdom from people unless they seek him for it. Because if you don't have God's wisdom, you have man's wisdom. You might be saying, well then, pastor, then how can people who don't know God be blessed financially? Well, I guess you need to define the word blessing. Just because a person has financial wealth doesn't mean they're being blessed of the Lord to get that wealth. Many, many times, wealth is not a blessing to people. It becomes something that destroys their life. It becomes something that they're not adjusted to or used to or not have any knowledge to know what to do with their wealth. So therefore, just because a person has multi-million dollar homes and cars and money in the bank and can travel the world doesn't mean that they're being blessed of the Lord. Could it be that financial increase can come from another source. Is it possible that the devil himself will help those receive additional income if it'll keep them away from the Lord? Is it just possible that maybe the devil himself will allow someone to get breaks in life to gain financial wealth, therefore giving credit to themselves or to a different source other than God? You see, I guess what I'm saying is is don't just assume just because someone is wealthy that God is blessing them or that they have great wisdom. Let's get back to the scripture now. Now that I've been on my little soapbox, let's get back to the scripture and talks about that where it talks about wisdom, talks about the significance of wisdom that comes from God. So let me read again Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13, maybe all the way through 18. Just, just listen carefully. Maybe I'll comment as we go through them as the Holy Spirit leads us. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. Well, that's true if their wisdom comes from God, the one who gains understanding. Because they're, they're joyful because their wisdom and their understanding is a blessing from the Lord. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, And her wages are better than gold. Just think about that. Gaining in wisdom of the Lord. Reading the Word of God. Just reading it and gaining wisdom from what he has to say about every aspect of life. What he has to say about financial gain. What he has to say about healthful living. About a good marriage. About being a good husband or a good wife. Or being a good child. Or being a good pastor. Or whatever it might be. Wisdom is in the Word of God. So we'll gain wisdom spiritual wisdom when we read God's word. So always seek wisdom from his word for wisdom is more profitable. You're going to get more out of wisdom than you will if you have silver or gold or assets or wealth of all types. The important thing is we understand that the wisdom I'm talking about is spiritual wisdom. Verse 15. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. It's just continuing to say gain in wisdom and the wealth will come later. Nothing you desire can compare with her. It says here that nothing you desire, whether it be wealth, financial wealth or not, it can't even compare with the blessings that wisdom has. Verse 16, she offers, that's wisdom, offers the long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. So, wisdom, with wisdom, you can have it all. I'm a big believer that we can have it all in our walk with God. That's why. This entire podcast, this entire series, and and the t- title of my podcasts are is quality Christian living. Meaning, we can have it all. We can have a quality Christian life. I believe we can tithe and be debt free. I believe we can be faithful to the house of God and be faithful to our work and our career. I also believe that we can spend time at church spend time reading the word of god spend time in prayer and still have ample time to spend time with our children with our wife with our family, with our friends. I believe that God wants us to have it all, that we can be prosper and be in good health even as our soul prospers. I believe that God's word tells us that that we can have all the blessings of God and still enjoy the things that he's created here on earth. We can afford to give finances to our church and still go on vacation and have a great time spending money on our family and and our relatives. We can bless them. There's no limit to what God can do. A lot of folks have a problem thinking that if they give financially to the church or if they put their finances in control of God and and put him in charge of it so that God is running the show that he's not going to let us have any fun he's not going to let us be blessed that's just not true just look at the life of King David look at the life of of Paul Paul says that he knew what it was like to be rich he knew what it was like to be poor and he knew what it was like to be hungry and to be fed and to have a roof over his head and not to have a roof over his head all those things he understood but he thought those things are are, are, are going to be up and down down in my life but I've learned one thing and that is to be content and be happy in my relationship with God and know that God will supply all my riches he says so I believe that we're robbing ourselves of the blessing of the Lord if we think that God when he offers his wisdom in any way wants to keep things from us and withhold his blessings from us it verse, it says in verse 17, she will guide you down delightful paths. See, all her ways are satisfying. That's wisdom. And then the last verse I read was, wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. So we need to latch on to wisdom. And wisdom comes when we grow spiritually. That's why I made that statement that I don't want financial blessings unless I have a foundation of spiritual strength and spiritual blessings. The spiritual blessings will last a lifetime. They'll last into eternity. You see, the folks that have a lot of money and don't know God, they're robbing themselves of the fulfillment of having a relationship with God the Father and His Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They're robbing themselves of not knowing where they're going to spend eternity. The Bible tells us very clearly that the only way to spend eternity with Christ is to surrender our life to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's only one way to get to heaven And that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of folks, I may have lost some of you there because you might be saying, well, no, no, there's a lot of options in a lot of ways. Well, that's not what the Bible says. And you might, don't get upset with that. Don't say, well, what about the poor little people that never get the Bible? God is going to give everyone an opportunity in their lifetime. I believe that with all my heart to make a commitment to serve Him, whether it be through another person, whether it might be through looking at the creation He's provided for them, this earth, whether it might just simply be a blessing that someone gets and they give and they don't understand where it came from. Whatever it might be, God is going to give, I believe, every person that walks on the face of this earth an opportunity to make a decision, to accept the Lord, or to reject Him. So I believe that, I'm going to live with that, and I'll go to heaven with that thought in my heart. And to those who are listening in, I'd like to encourage you to turn to my webpage or go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com where I have materials that I've written there on finances, on faith, on health, on the veterans experiencing their challenges serving in either Vietnam or current areas of conflict. And on that same webpage, you'll be able to subscribe to a new weekly newsletter that I'll be putting out that will be focusing primarily on the area of finances. You can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled True Riches. What does it mean to receive the true riches of heaven? Yes, it does have something to do with our finances and it has something to do with eternity, but I'm excited to get ready and plan and work on this next episode because I believe the true riches that we will receive in eternity, that we can experience some of those true riches as we live right here on earth. So I'm looking forward to it. So until next time, may God richly bless you.